Over the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to turn uncomfortable conversations about sensitive things with your children into much more comfortable conversations. So welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul and I sit in a car each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And this episode comes from the kindness pillar inside the Evolved Family Method. Uh, the kindness pillar has three sections to it. I held up four, four fingers there, but it's actually only three. So three sections. And because of time, we're going to focus on one today. The kindness pillar focus on, focuses on dismantling our own prejudice, um, hacking our nervous system so that we are available to our children um, instead of being completely immersed in our own um, body and sensations of, of awkwardness, of fear or worry. And it's designed, the kindness pillar is designed to really focus in on ourselves so we can be more available to our child as we talk about sensitive stuff. One of the main parts of the kindness pillar is the skill of self-compassion and this is a learned skill. I remember um, I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I have a very clear memory of sitting on the stairs with my almost three-year-old and my almost one-year-old after work one day having picked them up from childcare and I just could not cope and I was just in tears and that was the beginning um, of my realization that I was not managing um, in my household. There were skills and abilities and supports that I needed that I did not have. And I had reached sort of the bottom of my tank, the end of my tether. So the kindness pillar is very, very close and dear to my heart. So what most people do if they have this question about um, how do we make uncomfortable conversations more comfortable, both for ourselves and our children, they will blame themselves, first of all, and maybe think that they're doing it wrong. This might sound familiar to you, actually, because when I was sitting on the stairs all those years ago, I thought there was something wrong with me. Um, and so maybe that's a familiar feeling for you too. Um, sometimes you might find yourself when you're just, it's too uncomfortable and you're not managing Googling how to talk about sex or how to talk to kids about sex or how to make conversations about sex and the body more comfortable with kids. These are all signs that you've got this problem um, and there is a hole in your skills or in your um, abilities or in your support network that isn't filled that would help you have conversations that would be more comfortable. And you know what? I understand why all those things happen, why we would be Googling, why we would be blaming ourselves, why we would think we're doing it wrong, because this part of parenting, conversations about sensitive stuff, is not something we're explicitly taught. So many of us don't have role models from when we were young or even in our parenting communities. And so we're going to default to these automatic um, actions, Googling, blaming ourselves, imagining we're doing it wrong. Now, I've been working in this field long enough to know that um, when people are doing those sort of things, it's a sign of the effect I call the courageous but tongue-tied parent. And courageous and tongue-tied, they're important concepts because it's not that we are taking the easy way out. It's actually that we have a goal for ourselves and we have a desire to care for our kids in a particular way, but there is a deficit in our skills or our knowledge and that leads us to being tongue-tied. 
when this courageous tongue-tied parent effect is in place, you might feel worried about getting it wrong. Um, perhaps you're feeling anxious about missing your window of opportunity because your children are getting older or they're about to start school or they're transitioning into secondary school. Um, you might try and push through the awkwardness and anxiety uh, because you don't know any other way. And again, it makes absolute sense. We are focused on doing the absolute best for our child. So we're going to do whatever we know might help. Whether it does help or not is a whole other issue, right? So let's get going on this episode where we're talking about how to make uncomfortable conversations far more comfortable when we're talking to our kids about sensitive stuff. Point one, learn to notice your nervous system. So what does this mean? Our nervous system is designed to keep us safe and alive. So it is going to be sending us signals when it feels like it's in danger. And the nervous system is really insistent. It, when I think about it, it creates sensations in our body so that we try and pay attention to it. Also, we act in a way that keeps ourselves safe. So this is sort of what it reminds me of. Um, when my kids were very small, uh, they would be trying to get my attention because they were hungry or they needed help with homework or they couldn't undo something. Um, and so because I had ADHD, not that I knew that then, they would do this, mom, 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 until probably they would actually have to come up and tap me, get my attention, and then I could focus on what they were saying. Now, the nervous system does the same thing. It will make our stomach squirrely and our throat dry and maybe our thinking all cloudy. And these are all signs that uh, we don't feel safe. And it doesn't matter whether we are in danger or not in danger. Our nervous system will just tell us we're in danger uh, based on its past programming. So if you're trying to have a conversation about sensitive stuff with a child or even an adult for that matter, pay attention to what your nervous system is doing. Does your body feel safe and calm or is it feeling anxious and awkward and squirrely and like you want to run away? If it's feeling anxious and squirrely and awkward and like you run away, then it's calling for some help and ignoring it will not make conversations about sensitive stuff any easier. In fact, ignoring it is going to make it worse. Point number two, to make uncomfortable conversations comfortable, we need to give our nervous system what it's screaming for. So it's telling us that whatever we're doing, in this case, talking about sensitive things with the child, does not feel safe. So how can we turn towards our nervous system and tell us it's okay? One of the ways we can do that is to focus on what sensations are like in our body. We can be um, maybe focusing on the lump in our chest and we can go, I'm noticing there's a lump in my chest. Um, I can sense that it's okay, I'm here, I'm not in danger. All I'm doing is have a, having a conversation that might feel awkward. And we can do things like breathing, um, giving ourselves uh, compassionate touch, like touching our face, touching our heart. Um, what else can we do? Have a big drink of cold water. There are lots of things we can do to help our nervous system move from feeling like everything is safe and it's not okay and we need to run away to this is okay. We're doing fine here. And one of the ways you do that is by sitting with another nervous system like mine um, that doesn't feel awkward about these things. You may notice that sometimes in episodes of sitting in a car, I might be talking about something that your nervous system goes, whoa, you should not be saying that. 
right? Because our, your nervous system has learnt that it's dangerous and scary and worrying to talk about that topic. Maybe masturbation, for example, or um, maybe your nervous system kicks off if you see a post about a period accident with blood on someone's clothes. Your nervous system might go, whoa, that's dangerous. Because in your past, you've had an experience where someone talked about that and it was anxiety provoking or it didn't feel safe or they were telling you off for talking about it. So our nervous system is designed to keep us safe, but um, that means it will consider all conversations about sensitive things to be dangerous and it gives us the signals of why that's the case. So we turn towards our nervous system and we use touch, breath, movement, dance to help our nervous system come back into some sort of state where it can connect and learn and pay attention to the people around us. Point number three, inside the Evolve School, where I teach the Evolve Family Method, um, I'm constantly talking about connection, context, and choice. I had to remember, did you notice me? I was thinking, what are the three things? Connection, context, and choice. And these are all preventative strategies for keeping our nervous system in a place where it feels calm and like it can do what it needs to do. So context will be um, showing ourselves why are we doing what we're doing? Why is it important? So we can say to ourselves, okay, I'm having this conversation with my child because children need information about puberty or bodies or babies or whatever it is, right? My children need this information and information is neutral. So that's context. Connection will be um, maybe getting together with another person who feels more comfortable with conversations like this and practice having a conversation with them um, in a way that your nervous system feeds off their calm nervous system. That's one of the things we do inside the um, inside the Evolve School is um, you get to practice with my nervous system and your nervous system learns from mine it, on a very sort of subconscious level. And then the third uh, strategy for preventing our nervous system from kicking off, I've done context, I've done connection, is choice. Well, we acknowledge that we have a choice whether we do this or not. Um, when we have a conversation or we're going to have a conversation with our child, reminding ourselves, I do not have to do this. My child benefits from it, but I don't have to do this. I'm choosing to do this. So how can I choose to do this in a way that feels better and good and kind to myself? Right, and that is countercultural. It might feel really weird to um, support your child by first asking yourself what you need, but it is super, super amazingly powerful and can help our nervous system really feel calm and comfortable. So you've just learnt um, three ways to move from uncomfortable conversations about sensitive stuff to comfortable conversations, but um, these strategies don't or can't help you get the whole way along unless you have other things from the pillar, the courage pillar, for example, inside the Evolve Family Method, which gives information and skills about how to start conversations. What are the right words to use? Um, how to uh, connect with a child when they are going through big emotions. So um, you are not broken if these three strategies um, are useful 
but don't get you the whole way along. And that is just the nature of um, learning to have comfortable conversations about sensitive things with children, that we are uh, unpicking and unpacking programming that has been with us probably since we were young. And it's the ultimate act of um, unkindness and harshness if we expect ourselves to be able to do this after just one episode of sitting in a car. So let's be kind to ourselves this week and at the same time, move ourselves slowly forward, getting the help we need to have comfortable conversations about sensitive things with the child or children in our care. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now. And confident, oops. <laughs> I hope you're confident and caring. Confident and caring. I got it. I got it. Okay, let's start again.